wherever there's a problem, a solution is also there. So if you can find a problem, you can also find a solution. So I saw the problems and I was like, I want to come up with a solution. And that was part of what I did as my term as a slam master, as a poetry host in Kansas City. They'll sell you hope for the price of action. It's for you not to auction your dream at a nine to five gathering. Plant the robes to be free from self bondage. Have to fend for yourself. Do not feast with the vultures. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how legacies build. Welcome to another episode of 8 Plus 1 Classroom. My name is Charles Nzali. Uh, today, my guest is a poet, uh, Envy on Pain. Yes. Hello. Kansas City's own Envy on Pain. A poet. Today, we're going to take uh, a close look at one of the oldest, oldest way of recording history. Yes, absolutely. Po poetry is, is powerful. Today, we'll allow her to bring us into her space and show us how she do what she does <laughs> and what inspired her. Welcome to 8 Plus 1 The Classroom. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming out in this Kansas City weather. It started snowing out of nowhere. Right, you know, know. Uh, the old saying is, if you don't like the weather in Kansas City, just wait five minutes, it'll be different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does, it does. Tell us a little bit about, about yourself and your opinion. Oh, wow, a little bit about me. What, what could you possibly want to know about little old me? So um, as we've already stated, I am a poet. Um, I've been doing it professionally. It'll be, what, 13 years this year in May. Um, however, I've been writing since I was eight years old, and I'm in my 30s now. So without revealing my age, you do that math yourself. So I have um, quite a bit of experience um like they say it takes ten thousand hours to become a master at a craft so mm -hmm. you know over 20 years how many hours is in that amount of time so um poetry is really something that is close to my heart it is my way when there is no way so yeah it, it has been life-changing world-changing for me so i'm absolutely excited to talk about it today it's 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 a blessing to yes. have uh, to have people like you in wow. in any society because uh you know poetry on its own carries a lot of weight yes absolutely carries a lot of weight and there is so much rich history yes in poetry yes yes it is um as you said, like before there was the written word, mm -hmm. history was passed down through oral tradition. Yes. So the way that people would tell stories, mm -hmm. the way that people would make up songs, the way mm -hmm. that people would make up poems mm -hmm. and tell them are, are griots mm -hmm. from way, way back, at, you know, back even in Africa with yeah. our ancestors, they yeah. would pass on these stories Folklore. and the ways of life yeah. and the things that they went through and they would share their joys and their their tragedies their triumphs and they would use it through the gift of words the magic of words yeah. so to have that gift and to be able to pass it on and to be able to eloquently express yourself mm -hmm. 
and not just yourself, but also to be able to connect with others through mm-hmm. that expression. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the the beauty of poetry and the utility of poetry mm-hmm. and the way that it it can bring everyone into, even if you aren't a, a poetry fan or even if you're one of those people that think, you know, well, after William Shakespeare and, you know, whatever they yeah. made you have to learn in 10th yeah. grade English, yeah. you know, that's that's poetry. That's old dead people, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, we should, why should we care about that? But no, poetry is very much alive and well and it, it opens doors. Mm-hmm. Like, even um, with this past Grammys, season of the 2020 what is the 2022 grammys yeah. or 2023 yeah. whatever the you know how they do yeah. that thing um spoken word poetry was just introduced as a category mm-hmm. so there are poets who can now win grammys mm-hmm. there are poets who are on broadway mm-hmm. there are poets who have been in movies there are poets who have opened and been inaugural for presidents yeah so like the possibility of poetry is very much alive and well and it it ain't nothing but it's not just the the old dead people that we had to read about like it's it's any and everybody and that is the thing like you can go from being getting it out the mud like the the bottom of the bottom and like for my story poetry like when i say it's life-changing and world-changing it absolutely has been because I I think uh, some of the opportunities that I have been afforded have only been because of my ability to speak well and to convey my thoughts. And I would not have been able to do that if I did not know how to sit with myself and write down what's going on. So what what brought you into poetry? Oh, wow. So... As an eight-year-old, mm-hmm. what brought me into poetry, um, it was really interesting because I recall my first grade teacher doing a unit on poetry. And she was, you know, teaching us with the Shel Silverstein book, you know, of You from the Attic. We were reading like Dr. Sue. So, and we were learning about poetry in that regard. But like, we were also challenged to like, try to, you know, write or come up with something on our own. So my very first poem, and I still remember this as an eight-year-old, was about popcorn, Mm -hmm. you know, so deep, (laughs) you know, regular movie snack popcorn. But I got into it and I just, I fell in love with the ability to, to just like, wow, look at them. They're, they're writing words and they're rhyming and they're telling a story, but it's like really, really short. And so that was really cool to me. Um, What, got me back into poetry more seriously was when I was in high school and dealing with a lot of teenage angst, um, dealing with a lot of trauma and things that I really did not know or have the real words to deal with, but just not having any other outlet for those emotions and for that pain. And so I began to write and it was a comforting tool for me just being able to write. So high school, made it to my early 20s, and by that time I was on social media, and I had a friend of mine 
you know, because I was writing my poems. They're like, hey, you like poetry? I was like, yeah. And they told me about a local open mic that was in town. And I didn't even know, like, that there was a poetry community in Kansas City or anything like that. So, you know, they said, hey, come to this open mic. And I went and I performed, like, this poem I had memorized. And when I was done, the whole room was clapping for me. And I was, and it just like, you could have knocked me over with a feather in that moment. Like, cause I was like, these people are clapping for me, for my, for my words. And like, I just, I was hooked ever since. And that was what, 13 years ago. So here we are. You know, poetry, right? Yes. It's, it's been around for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So hearing you speak about there being uh, an open mic in Kansas City where people can go and read their poems and, and, and do poetry. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is beautiful, simply because in, in recent times, the rise of all forms of music is kinda, has kinda blocked, it's kinda blocked poetry a little bit, mm -hmm. at least on my view. I might be wrong. So is there is there a lot of those avenues that that people can go ahead and showcase their poetry, like the open mic? Does that happen a lot? So the the thing about poetry, and especially with poetry, at least in Kansas City, it has always been, I guess, at least for as long as. I had known about it. It was one of those, like, you had to be invited in. Like, it was, I don't want to say underground, but it was like, if you didn't know about poetry mm -hmm. in Kansas City, or if you weren't, like, actively, like, searching for it, seeking it out, like, it, it wasn't going to be one of those things that's going to pop up. Like, hey, here's the poetry show. Come, mm -hmm. come to it. Um, so there was a bit of, like, gatekeeping, I would say, that... Um, that I don't think is, is really right because poetry is for everybody. And a lot of times you would see like poetry only being like kind of collectivized where, okay, if you're in this group, you come here. If you're in that group, you go here. If you do poetry like this, you go there. If you do poetry like that, you go here. And I recall when I was hosting regularly, noticing that there was an, an error with that, because like I said, there's, Poetry is for everybody. There should be no boundaries. There should be no, oh, we go here and people are going to let us get on the mic. And if you're new, you might have to wait till it's only five people left and it's the end of the night before you get to go on stage. Or, oh, only these are the, the heavy hitting poets and, and these are the poets that win everything. So they go here. And if I'm a new poet and I'm just, you know, kind of getting my toes wet, I don't feel comfortable in that space because I don't feel like I'm good enough, so to speak, you know, because I maybe I don't have these titles or maybe I haven't gone to nationals or maybe I haven't done this or done that. Or then you have the people that, oh, you know, I only do it as a hobby, but what if I, I have serious goals? What if I want to see if I can make this a career? So I noticed that there was a lot of division and gatekeeping within the artist scene here. And it was my goal when I started my um, my brand of my shows um, hosting, and it was under the umbrella Envion Presents and then whatever the title may have been of the particular show, like the most notable one would be For the Wind Slam. Um, 
but I just, I wanted it to be inclusive. I wanted it to be someplace where if this was your first time on an open mic, you could come and spit your poem. If, if you're the person who, you know, I want to read out of my notebook, I want to read off my phone, you can come and do your poem and you don't have to feel like nobody's judging you because it's not memorized. Mm -hmm. If, you know, you're like, Hey, I, I just, you know, I, I think I can do this. I think I can be somebody. I think I can be a professional poet. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted it to be an avenue for that, like out of Kansas city. Mm -hmm. So I, I looked at it and wherever there's a problem, a solution is also there. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a problem, you can also find a solution. So I saw the problems and I was like, I want to come up with a solution. And that was part of what I did as my term as a slam master, as a poetry host in Kansas City. And that's good. That is so, that is beautiful. The ability to create space for other people to come yes. in and share that space with you makes it it makes it a safe space for people to come and be yes, a part of. Absolutely. That is the that has always and always will be my goal to have a safe space for artists, for community. Um, you know, not big on censorship, but also, you know, not where, hey, we're just gonna come talk about B, rhymes with C, rhymes with tree, you know, like where you can actually express yourself, where you can get something off your chest. Like during For the Win, we would have an open mic and yeah, you could get up there and you could do poetry or you could sing, rap, you know, tell a, a anecdotal story or comedy, that kind of thing. But I also would open it up like, hey, if you got something on your chest, mm -hmm. you know, you came at your house to, to be amongst these group of people, Throw that to the trees. Don't, if you have something, a grievance that you encounter throughout the day, I don't care if the person at your job is sticking on your nerves. I don't care if somebody cut you off before you turn in a parking lot. If you have a grievance on your chest, get it off. Throw it to the trees, set yourself free, and, and enjoy the art. And because I've always wanted to create that safe space because I've always known how essential a safe space is because there's been times in my life where that was not a thing for me, where I did not have a safe space. And so I knew that if I had the control to create a thing, it would have to be a safe space and it would have to be inclusive. Yeah, you know, inclusion, right? Now let's stay a little bit on the topic of inclusion, right? Yes. Myself, I, I, I deal with that a little bit. I do notice that Kansas City is a little... Clicky. Clicky. Absolutely. It, yes. It is a little clicky. You have to be cool with few people or you have to be mm -hmm. cool with a certain click in order for you to be, you know what I mean? For mm -hmm. people to be a part of what you got going on or for you to be even find yourself in rooms and, and things like that. You know yes. what I mean? So, but with what you got with you providing that safe space for new poet new artists to come in and and actually yes. participate and actually showcase their talent yes. that is a very noble thing and that is really beautiful i have thank to applaud you, you for thank that. you so much i have to applaud you for that i truly appreciate that and it i mean and i don't even want to like really take credit for it mm -hmm. but but i just i just knew it was necessary mm -hmm. and as i've seen where the click route would go mm -hmm. you know because in 13 years you see a, a whole bunch of people come Mm -hmm. And you see how much people go. Mm -hmm. And the thing, the people who know that their talent is their ticket, mm -hmm. 
So it it's not, oh, I, I need to be cool with these people. Oh, I need to go sit in these folks' face. Oh, I need to, okay, well, if I talk to this person, I can't talk to that person. If I took like yeah. I'm not doing the politics with you. I am too talented to do politics with you. And I know I'm talented. So either my talent is my ticket or I don't need to be in that space because I'm not going to, to play the game and I don't see the point of playing the game because that's not what I started for. I started because I needed an outlet and I needed a release. And as I, you know, started to grow in my talent and in people knowing who I was and people looking to me, I looked at the example of other people and I saw, so that's one of the things, right? Never be afraid to learn from others. That's one of the things that I learned. Never be afraid to learn from other people, like for better or for worse, everybody can teach you something. So even if they're teaching you how to fail, that's still a lesson, right? So I would watch people and I would watch how folks would be like, well, no, only my, only my friends, only people that, that want to kiss my ass, excuse my language, can are, are going to be welcome and treated nice in this space. Oh, we, we speak French here. Oh, well, <laughs> hell yeah, then. Let's get it. <laughs> we speak French you know? here. All right. This so, is a safe space for people to... I, well, hey, you're speaking my language then. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the people are like, hey, if you're not going to kiss my ass, then, you know, well, I'm, I'm not going to let you get your time on the mic. Or, you know, if you're not going to kiss my ass, you know, I'm going to give you a, a lackluster introduction. But then when my friends or my people go, oh, this is the best person that ever came in. Come on now. You know? So I watched that and I watched all of those people come to a point where they could not go any further. And then because you had alienated so many people, because when you were on top you forgot that the same people you meet on the way up, you might meet on the way down. Mm -hmm. So you didn't care how you treated people and you didn't care because well, it's about you now. You, you have your time in the sun, but everybody gets time in the sun. Mm -hmm. So I've always stood with my principles. I've always stood with my morals and that is treating people the way I want to be treated, giving respect to everyone, like my something that's really big for me is respect is inherent. Disrespect is earned. You don't have to do nothing for me to respect you because you are another human being, because I can see the value in you and the value in your humanity. That is enough for me. Now, if you're disrespectful, that's different, but you have to do nothing to get respect from me. Respect is inherent. That is a must. That is base level. Now, once respect is gone, okay, now, now we go to something else. Yeah. But it has always been important to pay attention to those things. And how you treat people is the important thing. Because people are your biggest resource, no matter what it is that you do. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're an entertainer, if you are an athlete, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, teacher, whatever, your biggest and best resource is always going to be other human beings. You know, I'm going to say a few things, right? There's mm -hmm. two phrases that growing up, right, I, I was taught a lot of. It was something that was said very often in uh, where I come from, right? Mm -hmm. That your talent, your money, your fame will never, cannot bury you. Boom. Say that. Come on. Yeah. Your talent, your fame, your money, 
whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It would never bury when you die. Those things cannot bury Absolutely. you, and that is the the highest of respect that any human being can ever yes can ever can ever earn is a burial cremation, however you want it, mm-hmm. for it to be done in a very peaceful and most yes. amazing way, right? And you cannot do that for yourself. Your money is not going to do. Your fame mm-hmm. is never going to do that for you. And however, whatever amount of money you have and fame and glory and all this extra stuff, you are never going to, that's yes. never going to do nothing for you when you are not Absolutely. anymore, you know? Absolutely. And another thing that they say is, you know, is that your, your integrity you are born with, mm. right? Your integrity is, is, is who you are. That's who you are, right? Mm-hmm. So do not lose your integrity, you know, chasing glory. Yes, absolutely. You know I mean? So a lot of times when we find ourselves in, in, in these situations trying to have a come up, mm-hmm. sometimes we compromise our integrity mm-hmm. just, to, just to be noticed and just to be seen. That's why my platform, you know, I am very protective of this, right? Yes. I know people that I, on a human level, I'm not a big fan of who they are as, mm. as people, right? Yes. But I know I can shove a microphone in front of them and, and turn all these cameras on and just poke them. Mm-hmm. And they will say some of the craziest stuff yes. in the world, right? Mm-hmm. That is going to bring me... A bunch views. of views, a bunch of traction, right? Mm-hmm. But is that really what I do this What for? you want, right. You know, you right. know what I mean? Yes. So those things sometimes are things that we forget. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We chase the glory to the point where that we lose who we really are. Yes. And if you get, if you make it out big, if you, if you get famous, whatever it is, whatever, whatever level you get to, right? Mm-hmm. Doing that. By the time you get to the top, you lose who you are. Right. And it's going to, the price that you're going to pay for that is, is, is heavy. Oh, yes. It's heavy. Yes. Even with what you're saying, like the first name that popped into my mind was uh, the, the, what, the Godfather, is that what he's called? Uh, Kevin Samuels. Yeah. Um, how, you know, he made his career off of denigrating and tearing down people more specifically black women and then you know he passed and yeah people rejoiced instead of it being a a time of of mourning of people wanting to you know give him his flowers literally or figuratively you know like oh this was a good man you know he did this he did that you spit your life, or well, not your whole life, but at least your platform. You spent the your rise to fame, <laughs> shitting on people, <laughs> and then you pass away, and and you get what he got, what he gave. Yeah. You know, no yeah. one. There were some people that were like, oh, "Okay, you know, Kevin, blah blah blah," but the majority of people, <laughs> even his fan base. Yeah. The majority of people, you know, his mother has to find out her child passed on social media. Mm-hmm. Wow. But but you, sir, got the got the keys mm-hmm. to success for for black men and black women. And and you know how to tell somebody how to be high value. But you passed away. And it was 
a time to rejoice. And not not because you was going home, because you wasn't hell here no more. That's not the type of legacy I want to leave. I would rather, when that time comes, hopefully when I'm 112 years old, <laughs> I would rather people sit around and be like, man, why is it not more murals and, and monuments to envy on than for somebody to be like, now, why the hell they decide to memorialize her? Mm-hmm. And that is the kind of reaction that Kevin Samuels got because that is the kind of life that he lived. And while that can be a bit of an extreme example, like I said, you can learn something from everybody. Mm-hmm. So even watching his platform, it's like, hey, you don't get to just shit on people because you think you can or because mm-hmm. you think you happen to be better than them. Mm-hmm. People matter, and they're always going to be your biggest resource. So you have to be mindful of the way you are to other people. That'll always be the most important thing. Yeah, that is that is that is true. That is very very true. But let's get to let's get a little uh, let's get a little let's get to know you, right? Oh, me? Okay. <laughs> As a poet, right? Who would you say were your favorite poets growing up and why? Oh, wow. That's a great question. So um, one of the things that I always love to say, like whenever this question comes around, is that I stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, I am from a very long lineage and legacy of female poets and writers that came before me that inspired me that gave me you know just like wow your your mastery of language your ability to to talk about the mundane or talk about the morose or talk about you know just these monumental things but to make it uniquely yours, but still have a perspective that anyone who may pick up your book or or this this little girl from Kansas City will pick up your book and further fall in love with language and the art form. So some of those poets, of course, you have to say Maya, mm-hmm. Maya Angelou, Nikki Giovanni, mm-hmm. Lucille Clifton, um, Aeneas Nin, Sylvia Place, mm-hmm. um, those were like the the written Gwendolyn Brooks, you know, one of the the first, you know, we we cool like that. We mm-hmm. real cool, you know. Um, love her just ability to give life to 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 words. Like if, if she were to write on this white table, colors would spring forth mm-hmm. from writing, from their language. Mm-hmm. Um so those were some of my my literary foremothers um, as far as the performing aspect, like so spoken word, because that was something else that I was or that I still am really into. Um, I would say Patricia Smith, um, Andrea Gibson, very, very big um role models, Jessica Caremore. Um, actually, one of the really cool stories about her was I saw her on Apollo when I was a little girl. And so this was like before I even learned about poetry, but on Apollo, you know, Showtime at the Apollo where they would have people, you know, come on, you do your act. 
and um and you perform and then you know if it's no good people will boo you off the stage yeah, yeah, not you come to yeah. the end so they clap or whatever so one of so I would watch that show religiously as a kid and you would always have like the singers or the dancers or you know even sometimes comedians and they would come and they would shut the show down but there was this poet who came nothing but words one and I was like well I want to do that too like because I don't have to be the best singer or dancer but maybe I could write something maybe I could like I was just so intrigued by the fact that you're just talking and these people that that can sing not sing sing Mm -hmm. or or dance their asses off but just you speaking and you won like that intrigued me so like these poets were who really inspired me and just like made me like hey I could do that too or I want to do that too and and I guess I was right the names you you've named here right mm-hmm. the Maya Angelos of the world the, the Nikki Giovannis of yes. the world yes and then you know uh you you did mention that some of those writers when they write on this white table you know colors will sprinkle up if you if you know about poetry a little bit, right, you'll know that the W.E.B. Webs of the Wall, you know, those were at the t- at that at their time. This is years and years and years ago. At their time, they were doing with walls what painters were doing with with, yes. with, with the brush, right? Yes, come on. These is these are. These are what I call these are wordsmiths. These are people yes. who who craft words and turn them into 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 physical things. Yes, you know, you come know on. I mean? Just the way they are able to command these words. You stepping into that platform, right? <laughs> how are you preparing yourself? One, two. How are you shaping yourself in this? Amongst these legends, mm-hmm. without cheating the game. Well, first, I'm I'm not to legendary status yet, so I think I I gotta yeah. you know I still yeah. got still got a little ways to go. But also, I think always being mindful of that, knowing that I'm not once where I once was, but I'm also not where I want to 100% be. So be careful either way because you don't want to fall back Mm -hmm. and you want to still be able to go forward. Mm -hmm. So be careful, be mindful of the way you do things. Um, with me, I am very, very, very intentional Mm -hmm. when it comes to my poetry, Mm -hmm. because while I do not believe that I'm legendary yet, Mm -hmm. it still is a yet on the end of that motherfucker. You know, um, I I do believe that this is a part of my legacy and my life work. And so, like, there are times and, and more times than not where if I write a poem, I, I let the idea just, you know, the idea, the emotion, whatever it is, mm-hmm. come from my head to the paper. Okay, that's first draft. Then I will go through with a dictionary. Mm-hmm. I will go through with the th- uh, thesaurus mm-hmm. just to make sure that 
the word choice that came from my raw emotion what is the actual best word choice for the message that I'm trying to convey like I'm talking about looking up the a and it type words you know just to really putting that much dedication and that much work into what it is that I do I'm always a student of the craft like I would never be so so foolhardy and so arrogant and say like oh I I know everything there is to know about poetry there are over 500 verse forms Mm -hmm. people have been writing since like or the written word since like five six hundred bc what about before people could write Mm -hmm. you know so to have all of these different facets and layers and levels of poetry and then to also look at the people who I admire and the the levels that I I hope that I'm blessed to reach I just I have to always understand that this is one a gift like my talent is my gift from God but what I do with it is my gift back to to God. And so believe so because I believe that and because I I know I stand on the shoulders of giants. I I got to be careful. I got to be careful. Don't fall off the giant shoulders. Don't don't dig your heels in the giant shoulders neither. But just make sure like really take it seriously. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm the cool kid, so how much effort goes into writing let's say one point one poem for me, wow. Depending on the poem, it could take everything that I have in me left at that moment to get through that poem. There are so the thing the thing with me, I'm not a poet who just writes because I I'm a creative writer. Like I'm an excellent writer. I can write stories. I can write essays. I can, you know, I can write, but poetry is, is my gift. So when I'm doing poetry, it is normally because it comes from something I've lived, something I've witnessed, something I've experienced, something that I am this close to, you know? So sometimes it may take, I need to live some more so I can get some distance perspective on this thing and actually write down what's going on or what was going on. There have been times where I have been right on the tail end of a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I know how to do, I, I can't make sense of it any other way than but to sit down and pray through a poem. Mm-hmm. So what goes into my poems, like as far as the actual effort, everything. There are times when I have put everything into a poem, into a, a piece of writing, because I need to get that thing on out. I need to get it on, off my chest, up off my heart, out of my brain. So you leave it there. Like we have this thing that we say, like in slam poetry, performance poetry, leave it on the stage. So you, if you're going to leave something, you got to make sure you got enough to leave. So it takes a lot, a lot of effort goes into my writing, but then I also don't want to act like it's, it's always just so super serious. Like, okay, I got to hold myself up in some cluster for, for three days before I write something down. Though that has been a very real thing. Um, 
a poem that people probably know me most for is the poem Target Practice. And that poem actually was written because of the people, John and Joe Hooker, whose name I mentioned in that poem, they were tragically, brutally murdered, set up and brutally murdered. And when I got that news, like my best friend at the time called me and I, I couldn't even understand her. Like she, she was crying so hysterically hard and I didn't. And, and once I could understand what was going on, she was just like, they took John, they took Joe, they took like, I, I didn't know what to do because not that it matters anything at all that these young men weren't street dudes or they weren't in the gangs or, you know, living that life at all. And they still met a horrible, tragic end like that. It terrified me because in that poem, the fear is raising a, a black child and no matter what, it, it does not matter how good of a parent you may be if your child ends up in the wrong place at the wrong time or around the wrong type of people. And so for three days, like I, I couldn't sleep. I could not eat. I I just, I, I didn't know what to do because it was the, the grief and the loss, but then also the fear and the, the turmoil, because it's like, I got a little black boy. I am raising a little black boy. And these two good young men, one of them just got a scholarship to college. The other one, the incident happened because he was trying to provide for his daughter. And they were just taken. And so I I just stayed up in, in my head and I, I didn't know what to do. But the first line, it's like I, I gave birth to a target. It's it's like my, my baby's a target. And it went from there. So the effort that I put into my poems. All of it, as much as needed. Truly. That, that right there is, is heavy in the heart. Yes. But once you learn how to connect what's heavy in the heart with writing. Mm-hmm. The end product is, is is always excellent. It's always so beautiful. Thank you. And that's what writing literally does. Yes. Provides you that channel where sometimes even after the after effect of it, when you look back, when you read back what you write, you're telling yourself, 
How the hell did I write this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I I would love to be as as clever and intelligent as my poetry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but that is also how I know that this is truly a gift. Yeah. Like, cause hell, I <laughs> you know, like yeah. that. There you go. That that's me. <laughs> if I got it, but I, I can't. I can't. You know. But then to be able to sit down and and tell a story about this or that or these really hard things about losing a friend or about you know losing a friend to death or losing a friend to unfortunate circumstances or even domestic violence or police brutality or just the plights of mental health and the things that I have encountered as just a black woman existing in America and in this society. Like, again, <coughs> some of those things, you see it and you just, you get mad. You want to get mad. You want to scream. You want to cry. But then it's like, okay, how do, how do I put yeah. on a paper? How do how do I put tears on a paper, and poetry is how. Yeah, even during the during the um, during the the Black Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. when George Floyd got killed and during the the impasse, right? Something that there was another evolution that was going on at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. It was a huge rise of poetry, if you pay attention at yes. that time. So many people went viral. So many poets went viral during that time, reciting what it is they felt in their hearts mm -hmm. right in the middle of that chaos. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They were able to maintain the calm. Yes. And, and to be calmly rageful to put how they feel into words and then oh man it was beautiful it was beautiful to watch yes absolutely just so many people really being able to make sense of senseless things and I think that is one of the jobs of a poet. Mm -hmm. We make sense of the senseless. We make the ugly things in the world beautiful. Mm -hmm. We are the first draft historians, mm -hmm. you know, before history and the people who, who win the battles and the wars get to give their perspective on things. It's like, no, we out here feeling this shit for real. And, and this is what it is. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to know what was going on during the civil rights, read. Nikki Giovanni's poetry. Mm -hmm. Read Langs or James not Langston, Baldwin. but James Baldwin. Mm -hmm. Read his books. Like these people, and it's so many more. And I don't want to get to naming names because the thing with that ADHD forget stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be um remiss by not saying all of the correct names. But these poets were alive mm -hmm. and they were writing. Mm -hmm. And they were out in the world mm -hmm. and the things that they were writing about, because time is not linear, no matter what they try to tell you, you know, it, it always repeats on a cycle. So the things that was going on back then, some of the same things that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And you can look and read their poetry and you can find the value in the emotion. And then like the things that they were put 
in in books you can now go nowadays like the the beauty and the growth of what poetry can be you can go to an open mic or a poetry reading or a slam and you can before you can read, now you can see them emotions being acted out right in front of you. So poets, you know, it's important for us to be informed. It's important for us to know what's going on in the world because we got to be the ones to, to fact check this shit. When they try to tell us that, you know, or, or what is the quote? If you're not honest about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. Well, no, you need to be honest about your pain and honest about what's really happening. I like that. I like that quote. If you're not honest about your pain, they will kill you and tell you that you enjoyed yes. it. Yes. I like that. Yes. I like that. I like that. You know, those two people that you mentioned, right? Uh, James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni, right? Yes. They have, there's a conversation, their yes. conversation on YouTube, right? Yes. It's, I think in total about three hours, they have a one hour, one hour, 20, one hour, 30 minutes one, mm -hmm. and then a 30 minutes one, something like that, right? Yes. On YouTube. That I, I listen to a lot. I listen to yes. it over and over. Just their conversation on the dynamic between a man and a woman yes. and the responsibility, the role of a man in the house and the role of a woman. Why is the man absent and why is the man not there? I mean, it's, man. It's so heavy, but it's so important. And the thing is, you can play that today. right today yeah. and, and be like, yeah, you don't say this. Yeah. Yes, this is what it is. Yeah. So in that time, it, it repeats. It is a cycle. We're, we're on a cipher with the time. So it is important to know where you've been and what's been going on so you can be prepared for where you're going. We move forward while looking back. Skankofa. Mm -hmm. So you got to, yeah. you know, you need to know. We got to be informed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, poetry has always been part of, part of black history, you know? Yes, absolutely. As, as an African child, you know, you were always told uh, about your ancestors, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How your ancestors, what they did, their legacy. And that is what motivates you. That is what kind of sets the back, the, 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 it sets the foundation through which you, you are going to forge your head, right? Yes, You know absolutely. what they did. But those things were never written. They were passed on through folklore, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that folklore guided your your grandparents, my grandparents, and my grandparents passed that on to my dad who passed that on to me. And then it's my responsibility when I do become a, a grandparent, a great-grandparent, yes. to pass that information on yes. to my children and and their children and that lineage, that generations and generations to come, right? Those things were done by poet, you know? And, yes. And now, you know, we're getting, it almost seems like the art is getting, is getting lost, you know what I mean? Yeah. The art is just, it's, but to see that people are still heavily writing, mm -hmm. people are documenting what is going on right now because our best form of inspiration is what is happening yes you know what i mean as a, as a writer your best inspiration is what you 
what you feel, what is going on around you mm-hmm. is going to be the best inspiration that you can ever have. So it does a, a, missi- a, a musician, somebody that's writing music the same way. Yes. You, know, you, you will always hear the joke about, about Mary J. Bly being the best writer as far as she writes the best when she's going through a breakup or a mm-hmm. heartbreak and stuff like you hear that a lot, but that is what is going on at, at, the, at the time in her life. So that's, that inspires her mm-hmm. creativity. Right? Yes. So poets and, 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 and artists and writers and musicians, and they're inspired by what's going on around them today and their yes. environment. And that with the way the world is set up, that does resonate years and years and years later. Somebody is still going through that same emotion or that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Somebody always been through that feeling. Yes. So when they do open your walk and look at it, they're like, I know what this is. Yes. I I recognize this. This is exactly. It's the human experience. Yes. You know, exactly. we all know love. We all know loss. Mm-hmm. We all hopefully will one day know triumph and what it feels like to achieve our goals or our greatest dreams. Mm-hmm. We also know what it's like to to fail mm-hmm. or to face a rejection. Mm-hmm. So to write about those things, mm-hmm. and no matter what the vehicle may be, mm-hmm. it's very important. And I think um, you brought up a, a really awesome point about how we can look at people today and how they live and the things that they write about. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of times, like, to veer the conversation to maybe even hip hop and some of the younger artists and how it's like, you know, we have the drill music and, mm-hmm. you know, even different um, rap songs and they receive a lot of flack. It's like, oh, your message is too violent Mm -hmm. or it's too sexual. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, these people, the ones who who actually write their songs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's say that, Um, the people who are actually writing their lives and their lived experiences, how can we fault them for telling us their truth? Yeah. If you're telling me your truth, Mm -hmm. I don't get to disagree with it. Mm-hmm. I may feel away. Mm-hmm. I may be like, "Oh, that's that's some heavy shit," or, or "Damn, that you went through all that." Mm-hmm. But I don't get to not like your truth. Mm-hmm. I don't get to tell you, <clears throat> "Oh no, that's your truth." Mm, do something else, mm-hmm. like because that's the thing with truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is truth. Mm-hmm. The lighting can change. Mm-hmm. The nuance can change, mm-hmm. but the truth will always be the truth. And that's part of how you know it is the truth. Yeah. Can it resonate? Does it stand the test of time? Mm-hmm. So when we have these these works from these poets of, of yesteryear and even back to our ancestors and the, the folklore and the oral traditions that was passed down, the reason why those stories could last the test of time mm-hmm. is because they were truth. Yeah. Yeah. And truth will always be needed, necessary, and valuable. Mm-hmm. So stick to your truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know sometimes people can be like, oh, well, I want to write what, what people will listen to. Mm-hmm. Or I want to write what, what people are going to, you know, what's going to get me a million views mm-hmm. in two days or, you know. Mm-hmm. But, and, and there's always room for that, you know. Get your money, do, do what you need to do. I'm not going to knock nobody's hustle. But remember that there's always a time and a place and a need for truth. 
And that is what is a hallmark of great artistry. That is the hallmark of the artists who I look to and who have inspired me and who made me believe that I could do this myself. They always had a very real truth mm -hmm. and realness in their artistry. And, and you know, I agree hundred percent with what you were saying, right? You cannot expect, uh, let's say a Cardi B to be Lauren Hill. Boom. Right. There you go. Very true. Yeah. But you can listen to Cardi B and George Hart, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can go listen to Lauren Hill and hear this in some of her songs you'll see the same underlining message of what Cardi is saying. Yes. In her message but it's so lyrically rich to where her lyrical ability has allowed her to use words that are so polished and yes. beautifully crafted to yes. where that message is buried through the beauty of those words and you're not even getting what she is talking about but mm -hmm. she's talking about the same stuff that you might hear Cardi talk about and everybody's outraged about it right yes but if you look at her background where you see from she's from the strip club that's what that's who she is. That's her truth, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to knock her for her truth, right? Or you want to listen to the artistry that is around her truth. This is what my truth is. This is what I know. This is what I did. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? This the this the same lady that came and said I got a bag and went and did my thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So she started off with that in the first place and brought her here. She came telling us I don't dance now. Yeah, I make money move. Yeah. Right? Yes. She just tell us straight off from the beginning. Mm hmm This is, I used to dance. Yes. I'm not dancing now. I'm making money moves. And yes. the same song she told us, I fixed my, my teeth was fucked up. Yeah. Now I fix I my feet. Got a bag so, and fix my teeth. Yeah. She came on straight up telling us, this is who I am. Mm hmm And if you were going to expect her to be anything else. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You know, everyone's artistic style and signature can be, and quite frankly should be, as different as the person that it comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, there's already one Envion. Mm -hmm. And not saying that there's anyone in contention to be the next Envion, but also saying there is nobody in contention to be the next Envion, because mm -hmm. there's only one. Mm -hmm. And so if someone else also wants to be a poet and an activist and a teacher and all of these different things, more power to you. Mm -hmm. But I want you to do it for you. I mm -hmm. want to hear your story. I want to hear it in your voice because I got me. I'm telling my story. I'm still, you know? So I think there's always room for different people at the table, at the table of artistry. And it takes all different kinds of people to make the world go round, mm -hmm. right? But the only vice that is unforgivable mm -hmm. to me is hypocrisy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So... Like we said, Cardi B came in the game. You know, I got my start stripping, dancing. Okay, if that's what you want to rap about, that's your life, that's your truth, that's where you came from, cool. 
what would be an issue for me is if she came in and was like, okay, now I'm gospel rapping and, and should nobody be on the pole and everybody need to wear these dresses to their ankles and, and we gonna pray and don't shake nothing. Like, well, well, wait a minute now. You you did all this to get famous. Now you're famous. And back to that whole integrity piece. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're not maintaining your integrity, who are you as an artist, right? And who are you as a person? And should there be a separation between the art and artist? Uh, that's a good. That's a good segue, right? I want to ask you a question, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, right? It's 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 very common recently when people talk. They say you have to separate the art and the and the person, right? Mm-hmm. They, can you really separate somebody's poetry from, can I separate your poetry from you as an no, individual? No, you can't. You absolutely cannot. If, if I wrote it, if I said it, mm-hmm. it was indicative of the person I was at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. A poem is a a tombstone Mm -hmm. a poem is a way to eulogize a moment Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so if if i wrote it and say oh you know somebody oh she said bitch ass nigga in this poem Mm -hmm. let's cancel her like just just for example Mm -hmm. well you're gonna have to fucking cancel me then because that's what the fuck I meant in that moment. Mm-hmm. So if you got a problem with it now, now of of course I've I've learned, I've grown, I've had more life experience, got some distance perspective. Mm-hmm. I might even be able to look back and be like, you know what? Probably could have had a better word choice, mm-hmm. or probably could have done things differently. But coulda, woulda, shoulda. Ain't gonna do nothing. Ain't gonna do nothing. Mm-hmm. And. We have to learn to forgive ourselves mm-hmm. for thinking we could have done better before we knew that we could do better. Mm-hmm. So if if something from my past or if something that I wrote or if the person that I was disqualifies my art or my artistry or my poetry to a person, so the fuck be it. I don't want you as a fan no damn way, mm-hmm. you know? But you got to allow people to live and grow and change. Cause that's true. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. We all need grace, but there is a difference between something being a thing that you've done and something being a thing that you are. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to the things that you do, which Mm -hmm. your actions do become who you are Mm -hmm. when the things that you do, Mm -hmm become who you are, mm-hmm. how can we separate those two things? You can't. And unless you're delusional, and unless you wanna, you know, just practice cognitive dissonance and be like, well, no. but no, the, the art and the artist are the same thing, or at least they should be. Now I can see there being a bit of discrepancy when it comes to the music industry, but that is because a lot of times artists don't create their 
own songs totally. You got a producer, you might have a team of songwriters, you might have a ghostwriter, you might have, you know, all of these different people, beat maker, just all these different people, musicians that go into it. Okay, so if if 20 people went into writing this song and one of the 20 ain't shit, well, maybe you don't got to throw away the whole damn song because this one person, I just, maybe I ain't going to listen to your music no more. But when it comes to the artistry, like... <coughs> poetry like or even you know people who who do write their own songs mm-hmm. then absolutely not you should not be able to separate the art from the artist because the artist is who made that art mm-hmm. it is an extension of them my art is an extension of me mm-hmm. and who i've been so yeah there is no delineation yeah. except you know, for my art is a little bit cooler than i am sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you know man i could sit here all day and just listen to you. Same. Speak. I could talk to you all day. Look, speak. that's what I do. Run my mouth. <laughs> speak. You are very, very eloquent. Thank you. Know, and uh, you sound very smart as well. Oh, smart. Really, really, really smart. You know, I I do appreciate you a lot. Thank you for you having know? me. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you very much, though. Thank you very much. You if all the people I reach out to in trying to get on my platform, I'm going to just say this, right? Are so easy to deal with like you are. Thanks. Respect. You are, you are really, really huge class act. You know, I reached out to you via somebody yesterday. And today we are. We Here are, we are. You know, we are shooting a, an episode. But many a times, you know, <clears throat> My messages are in a lot of inboxes, read without a yes or no type of situation. And but hey, but who am I to be mad about that? You know, it just gives me great joy when I do reach out to people like you, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll do it, and then you actually show up and do it. It's a blessing. It's respect. I I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. And and thank you. And, you know, it reminds me of a quote from Ed Mabry, and he's like one of the best poets in the world, like as far as slam and and titles are concerned. Um, He once said, the people who I think should support me never do. But strangers make me believe in angels. And so when I read that, I was like, it really resonated with me. So... If I have a, a choice, if I have an opportunity to support someone, to make a person believe in angels, mm-hmm. that's the choice I want to make. And yes, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my son, he is 15 now. And you have a fifteen year old. I have a fifteen year old. Look, black don't crack, baby. Look, yes, yes. (laughs) I have a fifteen year old. A fifteen on a sixteen. He'll be sixteen this year. Yes, my dear, I do. You better get. You better take whoever key that is back to their mother. Talk about you get a fifteen year old. You don't have no fifteen year old. Take that key back to your mom. Take that key back to his mama. Talk about I got a fifteen year old. (laughs) <laughs> you got no damn 15-year-old. Indeed.